You are listening to The Exchange. I'm your host, Dr. Lorraine. Welcome everybody to this episode of The Exchange Podcast. Today I have my guest, Brittany and Daniel Turnbull, and we are going to be talking today about disability ministries. And for those of you that know me, you know that this is one of the ministries that is very close to my heart. Um, And so I would like to welcome you, Brittany and Daniel. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It is just an honor to have you guys with me. Thank you. We appreciate that, uh, joining you and your listeners. Well, I wanted to start off with just you guys, both of you, just telling us more about yourselves, um, where you guys are from, um, the church that you attend, the ministry that you guys are doing, and about your family. So let's go ahead and start with that. My name is Brittany Turnbull. This is my husband, Daniel Turnbull. Um, We have both been raised in the St. Louis area and continue to live there. Um, We are blessed to attend New Life St. Louis in Bridgeton, Missouri, where we are the children's directors. We have been married for 14 years and we have two incredible kids together. Our daughter, Macy, is 13 and she has been diagnosed with partial trisomy 13, autism and ADHD. And we also have a six-year-old son, Camden. Awesome. I am a full-time caregiver and a mom, which means I work really hard, but I just don't get paid for it. (laughs) And then Daniel has worked in sales for 19 years. And we also educate and encourage through our YouTube channel, Love, Joy, and Chaos. Awesome. Awesome. And and I love, you know, that you guys uh, went to the same church that I did um, brother and sister bachelor. I just wanted to mention that. So that's awesome to have that connection there. Um, and you mentioned on um, the YouTube channel that you guys do. So I know it's got three love chaos. What is it again? Love, joy, and chaos, love, mm-hmm. joy, and chaos. And I love those three words. That's so great. Um, and so we're going to go ahead and put a link to that at the end of the podcast so that you guys know where you guys can visit that. So, um, because of your daughter, Macy, I know that this is kind of something that you guys have kind of started. You guys do have that do. So it's the children's ministry that you guys do right now in St. Louis. So how did that, um, tell us how your ministry started for disability ministries. Cause I know it's children's ministry, but you guys also the YouTube channel, how did that all kind of start? So to answer that, I'll take you back a couple of years. Um, When my daughter was diagnosed and we started with all the doctor's appointments and therapies, we were brought into this whole new world of disability that we knew nothing about. And um, Daniel and I both were raised in church our whole life. So church pretty much was our life. Our faith is very important to us. We were at church involved in ministry all the time. And then um, after having Macy, attending church became increasingly difficult. She didn't want to be there. Um, She didn't enjoy being there, which meant that I didn't enjoy being there. Um, Most of the time I was off in a room by myself with her while church was going on. And it started to kind of feel like church was kind of pointless. Um, And after a while, Daniel and I decided to start going to churches separately at separate times so that Macy didn't have to go. And so that Daniel and I could both have the opportunity to receive something during a church service. Mm -hmm. Obviously, This wasn't ideal for our family. We didn't like that setup. We wanted to attend together. So we decided to try again at New Life St. Louis. And we were um, introduced to a family there who had a son with autism. Um, You know her, I believe, Stephanie Gossard. Mm -hmm. 
And she kind of took us under her wing and just um, supported our family. And because of that, we were able to be refreshed and we were able to start ministering again. Um, and we were able to become the children's directors recently and work in the disability ministry there. And we have several children and youth who are currently being supported in our ministry. Um, we also started our YouTube channel during 2020 because we wanted to educate people on the world of disability and we wanted to encourage other caregivers. In addition to that, after attending New Life St. Louis and learning about ABLE Ministries, we have become involved in furthering their message. Um, I was recently at the ABLE Summit that was held in St. Louis, mm -hmm. which um, is a planning session for those involved in ABLE ministry. And it was really exciting to see the progress that has been made in just the last couple of years. I just love that so much. Um, Stephanie Gossard, I've had lunch with her and spent so much time with her and her and Everett are amazing. Um, and Sister Denise Wynn, I can't say enough about both of them and what they're doing with ABLE ministry. So I love that you know, you had someone that was there that could take you under her wing and also could, you know, knew about the same struggles that you were dealing with, but how difficult that would be. And people don't understand not being able to go to church or feeling like church was pointless. And, um, you know, that's such a, that's such a strong statement. Like what a powerful statement, like it felt pointless because the challenges that you were feeling. Um, so I wanted to go into, so what are some of the necessary things that are needed to make your daughter and other children successful in Sunday school in a church setting? Because, you know, that was one of the things that made you guys be able to attend church together. So what were some of the things that needed to change or, um, in that process? Um, it takes the church body. It takes, you know, the whole body working together. Um, it boils down to love, you know, our mission to make disciples and to be the body of Christ, making sure that there's strength um, to, for one another. The most important thing is to have people that are willing to engage and support other people. And in this instance, it means people with disabilities. Um, like my wife has expressed many times when she's talking with people is, there is a fear sometimes in serving in this ministry because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of knowledge, right? Or right. This, this is on the job experience, right? That, that you learn. And so a lot of times people will feel inadequate or they feel like they're not qualified and they're very scared to do something wrong because they understand that the parents and the guardians and the caregivers, this is their whole world, right? And they see mm -hmm. them so involved with the child's life. So they're afraid to find like how they would fit in to that puzzle. Um, but you don't have to have a degree to show someone love. Right. You know, if you're, if you're willing to learn, if you love people, then that's going to show forth uh, to the person that you're giving care to and to those around you. And, and you're going to be able to support people with disabilities at church, just like you would support anyone that walked into the church with any type of background. The biggest thing that we found um, that supported our daughter and supports others in the church ministry that, that we have and other church ministries that Abel's uh, reaching into right now is the spiritual IEP. So in schools, you know, that IEP is so important to make sure that a child or a student is getting the services they need. So that's been adapted for the church to 
have a conversation, interview type, you know, question back and forth is how can we support your young person? How can we support your child? How can we support your young adult um, at this church, in this youth ministry, in this children's ministry? And the biggest thing that we find is just kind of that peer support or having a para, having a one-on-one gives a lot of support. Someone that can sit next to the individual, give them guidance. So that's been, that was what was very beneficial with our daughter is sister Stephanie and others would sit by her, give her a visual schedule, kind of here's what comes next. This is what we're going to do. And then usually the individual will follow the peer, right? Our daughter will follow the crowd. This is when they're going to the bathroom. This is when they're going into this room for this craft or this game. And then giving freedom to that individual to be themselves. You know, if they're not able to sit in a chair during the format, give them that freedom to be able to move, um, make noises. Like our daughter, when she's concentrating, you know, some, some of the things that she does will make noises that other peers know, hey, it's quiet time, right? So that comes in with educating the children around them. So not only are we training individuals and parents and staff, but mm-hmm. it comes also to educating the room, educating those that are of the same age group. This is, this is such and such, and these are the things that they do well. These are the things they struggle with. These are the things they do differently with you. This is why they might have a fidget in their hand. They might have headphones all the time because it's just too much noise when the drums are playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we try to overstaff and we try to pair up. So we try to give that one-on-one buddy system. We try to really encourage peers to be inclusive. Um, and, and have guidance, right, you know, to help explain something. And then sensory bags are a win. So these are all things that we've seen in action with our daughter and that we've continued to build upon in the children's ministry that we serve in. That is incredible. And I, I love that you're also just, as you're doing this journey, like you said, educating the room, educating the peers. And I think the thing that comes to mind is like differently able is just doing things like the rest of the children, but maybe just doing them differently. And and it just looks different, but it's still very much engaging and being a part of Sunday school and being a part of the whole body. So that's incredible. That's great that you've been able to to do those things. And also you guys are in turn are doing that for other people, for other people's Mm -hmm. children as well. So it's kind of something that continues to give and educating. So how do we support caregivers with children with disabilities and um you know you both are you know Brittany you're a full-time caregiver and you do so many things and that's kind of you've been your full-time job but when we come in and we see a family who is in our church who has you know doing this kind of thing full-time with their children what kinds of things can we do as the church to support people that have these challenges Um, I think this will depend on the family. So if you would have asked me 12 years ago how you could support me, I probably would have said, oh, I'm fine. No, thank you. We're all right. I, I didn't want to admit that I needed help. Um, I, and I didn't know how to ask for it, really. But I was terrified to admit that I needed it. I didn't want people to judge me. I didn't want people to think that I was a bad mom or that I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to pretend that everything was fine and then go home and be depressed. (laughs) So I said all of that to say some people might not let you help them and that's okay, but keep trying, 
be their friend, encourage them. I would say that's the most important thing is just mm -hmm. to encourage them. Let them let them know that they can be comfortable, they can be themselves, that their family is welcome. And if they'll let you, maybe offer to provide childcare for a few hours or sit by them in church to assist or just be a safe place for them to vent when they're having a bad day. Another huge thing that you can do, as Daniel mentioned, is educate yourself about disabilities mm -hmm. and educate your kids about people with disabilities. Encourage your kids to ask questions, encourage mm -hmm. them to make friends with people who maybe look differently or act differently than they do. So then when they show up in that setting and they see that person who's acting a little bit differently, the response isn't, oh, that person's weird or I'm not going to talk to them. You know, they're educated and they're comfortable and they can make a friend with that person. And that is so great because it's like having those conversations at home, you know, you know, people aren't don't all look the same and they don't act the same and, and that's okay. We love them no matter what. And, you know, asking questions. And so that's such a great thing, but also like you mentioned, if they feel comfortable, you know, stepping in and, and what can I do help? And, and I think that I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing so much of myself in, in part of that is like, sometimes we just want to, um, we're fine. We're good. We're okay. We don't need help. You know, we, we got this because we don't want to seem like we're weak. And I know that there's been many times when people are like, can I help you with this? And I'm like, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. But you know, you know, when people get to know you and people have a relationship with you, then you're like, no, okay, you know, okay, sure, you can help, you can help. And I think that it's a process. So I love that you said that, because that really is just kind of depending on the family and where you kind of are in that journey. Um, so what are some of the misconceptions about children with special needs um, for people that don't know? And how can we combat them? So if we're trying to educate them, what are some of the things that people just kind of are huge misconceptions that we want to want to change so we've got to take away the assumptions and we've got to take away the label and just look at the person with their name right so we don't see someone come down and say they can't be involved because of because they have or they can't be leaders or they're never going to be able to participate in this way um that they don't understand what's going on in service or they're not getting anything from the service Sometimes it's more of an emotional connection, just them being in the room and them getting that social response is the highlight of their day or week. For our daughter, that's what it is. Um, sometimes that social connection is more important to her, right, than, than what everyone else in the room is seeking that spiritual connection. Um, but these lead into bridges that are being built between peers and between staff. So what we try to do is change verbiage. We try to adapt things, right? But we don't just stop doing them. So we don't not have games because someone can't walk and they're in a wheelchair. And so we just, we're not going to go to the gym. That's not what we do. In advance of Easter, we say, these are our three games. And this is what it looks like when this individual is in the room. Or this is the balloon game that's not going to take place with this age group because this person's sensitive to sound or such and such has down syndrome and so they're not mobile so this is what the game's going to look like when it's their age group rotation in the gym so that that's some of the things we do is we just educate the staff and we adapt it's not that we cancel things or we don't include them we just in advance prepare for that so that comes from asking questions to the parents like that spiritual iep 
What are the boundaries that you want to push? Uh, right. Uh, do your research. Involve that caregiver and involve that parent in what you're doing. So the more they know, hey, they're going to be going outside or they're going to be in this room or we're going to talk about this. They're going to give you tips and suggestions, right? Because they're most likely the helicopter caregiver or parent that is around all the times and knows the limitations. And so they'll know and they'll see progress. We've seen progress in our daughter in the last four years that we couldn't have imagined before, right? So from not wanting to be in church and then uh, us mentally just shutting down like this can't happen, you know, can't have a connection with God to her being able to stand up and recite a memory verse or desiring to lead in worship. So you, you've got to go back to like Brittany was saying, you have to encourage the family to get out of that comfort zone. It took us a while um, because it's easy to feel shame or to hide or to just be shadow characters because you're in the background a lot. But the more we spread awareness that combats it, the more we educate staff, the more we educate students and peers, and the more we educate the church through like able ministry as a whole, that's what combats. And that's what kind of um, erases those misconceptions and, and shows solutions instead of roadblocks and problems. And, you know, and it really is just about adapting. And I think that, you know, just taking the time and sometimes people just don't want to take the time to think about, okay, wait a minute, we're just going to have to just rearrange some things, you know, and I feel like in my life, it's like, it can be so overwhelming at first, but when you're just like, no, we can just make, you know, and we have to think ahead and take a little bit more time to kind of navigate some things, but things can be done. And, and I wanted to say something about your daughter, because I know that I saw, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I saw a video of her like ministering in church behind the pulpit and, and speaking. And I think she was preaching and she did a phenomenal message. And I was just like blown away. Like, wow, you know, how incredible. It just made me happy. First of all, I'm like, yay, women in ministry, preaching the gospel, you know, but also just, you know, to seeing, I'm sure as you guys as parents, seeing what progress and and the response of of the people that were around her and that she was there uh, you know ministering to I mean what a powerful powerful thing yes and that's what can happen when people are supported and and Macy is as much a cheerleader too as she is I mean she desires the microphone she does love to to, to sing and to lead worship but at the same time, when she knows it's not her turn and someone else is up there, like she knows to be the biggest cheerleader. And I think that helps the other kids see that as well. Like, oh, wow, she she's up there. We know that she deals with struggles. We know that her speech and her delivery is going to be different than what we're used to. But at the same time, when that individual is up there, they also know she's behind them, supporting them. Um, and so that, and that's come from like that social connection, right? So she feels comfortable and now the students feel comfortable as well. And that's just part of the whole umbrella process. And I mean, and what a beautiful thing that is to be able to support one another, um, her peers, her supporting them and, and her supporting and them supporting her, just kind of that thing. And, and that's what should happen. And um, I think that's just, it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing that, you know, the progress that she has made, like you mentioned, and, and the progress I'm sure that you guys have made just feeling more at peace and more of yourself and not feeling like 
you have to take on the burden all the time. <laughs> there's 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 some point where you can you can share the burden, which which the Bible tells us to talk about. Share share our each other's burden and mm-hmm. and love for one another. Um, so I wanted to ask, what is your hope for the future of disability ministries in the church? I mean, you both have taken it to just kind of another level, just your own sort of things that you are doing right now. But what is the hope for the church, you know, for the United Pentecostal Church or churches just in general across our country and across our globe with disability ministries? Yeah, I think our hope is just that disability ministries will continue to increase. I feel that people have started to realize the importance of these ministries. They have seen what can happen when you support people with disabilities. And I have just been so overwhelmed by the trajectory of ABLE ministry. I have heard of and seen so many churches starting these ministries. I have heard testimony after testimony of children and teens learning about God, asking to be baptized and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost after they have been supported. My daughter is an example of this, as we just talked about in the past, we never would have envisioned where she is right now. We never would have thought she would be interested in church at all. And after being supported properly, she has learned about the Bible. She begged us to be baptized. She prays for us and she prays for others and she loves worshiping. So I think that our hope is just that people will continue to see the importance of this ministry and continue to realize that we are all a part of the body of Christ and we are all needed. Mm-hmm. And I, I think also, uh, Dr. Lorraine, when you show the love to the individual, um, you win the whole family. Because when you're supporting yeah. like what they do, what Brittany does full time, what we do as parents full-time when you show that kind of love and support the caregiver whether it's the grandparent the aunt the uncle the parent single or you know a joint family blended family no matter what it is that causes a ripple effect Mm -hmm. because they see and are witnessing jesus firsthand right so they are seeing evidence of like wow this is something that is a weight that is on us consistently. It is day in, day out. And when someone else comes alongside, like you were saying, the body of Christ, you win the whole family because the whole family is supported when the caregivers are able to be in church and not next to that individual for whatever amount of time the program calls for. And you see that happen um, because it can't help but to be talked about in their circles and that new uh, area of ministry and new crowd that is being reached from support groups to therapies to everyone that Macy touches knows about church, right? Whether it's school teachers, whether it's our family is, we've seen her just be like a catalyst for Jesus, worship, scripture, what's going on events to be talked about around unchurched just because that's her world and um, you, you can see the ripple effect easily. So that's another thing is I think that's kind of the grand vision is when you support those that are in need of support, you win the whole family. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to throw something out there. I wanted to ask how many children do you have in, you know, at a New Life St. Louis that have disabilities that you guys are working with right now? Um, do you know an exact number? In children's ministry, we have eight right now with spiritual IEPs. 
Okay. And we, we have uh, as many as four to five paras that we had working on Easter in these classrooms, one-on-one, um, -on -one, and then some can be, you know, just extra support with an assistant teacher, right? They don't need someone there all the time. Uh, there's about three that have transitioned into the youth group, but yes, we're looking at around eight at most if they're all there on a Sunday. Okay, and that's so wonderful. I mean, I'm sure that that also is because people know that you guys are doing this ministry that, like you mentioned, they're more likely to come to church and be like, okay, you know, there is a church in town that, you know, will support me and my children. So you're, they're more than likely to be attracted to a church that has this kind of ministry, whereas, you know, a church that may not be able to uh, maybe feel as comfortable and they don't feel comfortable and you, people are not mm -hmm. going to go somewhere where they don't feel like they fit in or like they belong and so you know and what the ministry that you guys are doing right now like you said it's ministering to the entire body the entire family and and touching their lives so I just think that's just it's just mind-blowing to me how it, you know what God does and how how he works and so what a blessing. So I just wanted to ask um, in closing, um, what is anything that you would like people to know about the ministry? Is there anything particular that we haven't talked about that you wanted to share? Um, some of it we have talked about, but the main things we would like people to know um, is that this ministry is important, so important. And these families that are affected by disabilities, they have a lot to offer. Some people look at families with disability as, oh, we have to support them, but what are we maybe getting out of this? And as you've seen with our daughter, once she was supported, we were able to then refresh and serve and offer more and serve our church. And that can happen with all of these families. We have a lot to offer. These families are strong and capable. And when they're supported, they can thrive in the body of Christ. And also that you don't have to be an expert to support someone. You just have to be willing. And in addition to that, I would like people to know that this is an incredible opportunity for you to grow and learn as a person. You can enter into this world that you may have never known anything about, but it's filled with wonderfully made, unique, and strong people. And, and, I, and I like that you mentioned that, um, that these people are not just there to receive, but they're they're there to give. And I think about my own life is like that misconception of you so much to bring to the table, but mm -hmm. you know, it, it matters about if you, if you can have a space to do that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and um, obviously that's evident with the both of you that are able to give back to other people and support other families. And so I, I mean, it just makes me so happy inside. I can't even really express in words how happy this makes me um, to be able to talk to you guys and um, be able to be in touch with you for just even just this small little interview. Um, but I wanted all of our listeners to know, uh, like I mentioned before, that we will be putting this up there, that you guys do videos. Um, and so a lot of the videos I know that we mentioned before um, the interview that you guys do, I think it's like monthly that you guys are trying to update this, the YouTube channel. So we will put it on there. So you guys actually do have videos of kind of practical things that you guys do. Can you just tell us a little bit about what those videos look like that you guys have shared? And I think you guys do have like a Facebook page too, as well. Is that right? Yes. So uh, Love, Joy, and Chaos is Facebook, Instagram. 
In the videos, we have a caregiver series, right? So we just start educating and encouraging. So we could talk about topics like stress or fatigue, uh, support groups and how to connect with those, the qualities of a good caregiver, things we wish we knew. As you know, you look back, we have some mother and father specific videos where we're just speaking into, into lives that are encouraging. We've got some practical things, um, how to pray for a family that's affected by disabilities, you know, how to pray for them as a whole, how to pray for them as individuals, how to pray for the caregiver and the one that's uh, in care, um, how to meet sensory needs is, is something that we talk about on there uh, with some practical examples. And then we also review some travel destinations. So if we travel to a location, you know, Brittany will explain, you know, the family restroom situation, uh, how to navigate attractions and, you know, did they accommodate? Were they willing to uh, listen to what we needed to have a successful day? And so these are just different things that are on our YouTube channel. Okay. Yay. That is so great that you guys are offering those kinds of things because there are so many people that need that. Like I love the whole travel destination, which I'm kind of needing to look at myself just for people that are in wheelchairs. And I've done a lot of traveling myself, but it's always nice to know when somebody has gone there before you did and they know what the layout of the land is. So I just wanted to say thank you guys once again for being my guest on the Exchange Podcast. You have been a blessing to me, and I know that you already are a blessing to other people, but um, I imagine that this ministry is going to continue as it already has. And um, for those of you that need those resources, we are going to post them. And if you are not in need of them, please share them with other people that are. So thank you again, um, Brittany and Daniel. Thank you for being my guest. Um, I just wanted to wish you the best and when i come back to st louis i i look forward to connecting with you guys again thank you so much for having us well you guys have a good rest of your day and to all of our podcast listeners god bless thank you